city I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Just got back from Six Flags, great adventure, you know, riding roller coasters and just got me thinking, you know what, like our dynasty journey is an absolute roller coaster, right? I mean, we we get everything ready to go in February. We start trying to get into these drafts and we guys set you up with, you know, how to do year one punts, how to do rebuilds, how to do all those things, you know, and then we get into March and we start talking about rookie drafts and then April rolls around the NFL draft. And now guys, we're like right there, right? We are in late August, the season's right around the corner. And what we want to talk about tonight is, you know, a lot of you guys are like, well, my roster's pretty good, but now I, I want to tinker here and there. I want to add this player. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm bringing on the esteemed colleagues, the best in the business, John and Mung, to really discuss what we're going to do with some of these rosters, how you guys should, you know, avoid some of these pitfalls, how you should be taking these rosters and, and gearing them up, right? Because we talk about how, you don't have to worry about scoring points in June and July and August, but now we're two weeks away, John, like this is right around the corner. I was looking at all my rosters today and it's like, how do you know when to make those moves? I mean, it's so exciting with football right around the corner. What is up smash listeners? Turn me up in the headphones. It's going to be a good pod tonight. we got a lot of good takes we're going to throw out there. It's always fun to be here with Mong and dad all reunited once again. The OGs reunited. Really it feels so good, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and let me just say, it is a roller coaster. You know, it's like I, I, Corey Davis looks like he's going to be the wide receiver too in New York, and he's got Aaron Rodgers thrown to him. No, he's retired. <laughs> and you got, you know, Jonathan Taylor. Hey, looks like a more exciting offense. Anthony Richards isn't Richardson there. He's going to be the bell cow. Nope, not not playing. And within a month, it's like a toxic situation. We'll have yeah, to talk like, about that one tonight, right? But there's, yeah, just, but you got to roll with it. You got to move quick. You got to be dynamic. You got to make your moves. So that's what we're going to talk about. And Mung, I mean, he was mentioning those guys. They also were like, oh, Trey Lance is going to start. He's not going to start. I mean, this is such a roller coaster, not mm-hmm. just for the dynasty experience, but individual player analysis. And, you know, the biggest th- question I get from people now is, is this guy a buy? Is this guy a sell? What should I do with these? You know, and we're going to break this down. Mung, I know you just got your dynasty rankings out there on fan tracks. Awesome, awesome collection of, of, you know, putting that together here this season. Yeah, it's uh, an exciting time of year with a lot of moving pieces. It feels like more than other seasons with all these running back issues and a lot of trade rumors flying around. And honestly, it's fun that the NFL is more into trading and actually getting players on rosters that hopefully put them in positions to succeed, right? Because Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, clearly they're unhappy and we'll see what ends up happening with them. But yeah, I mean, the dynasty rankings are constantly changing. And right now, uh, I just updated them, but I'm sure I'll continue to update them over the next few weeks, right up until kickoff. And as always, I say, my dynasty rankings sync up more closely with my redraft rankings this time of year, because as we get closer to the season and in season, that's when they really kind of overlap a lot more. And if you guys want more redraft talk, you can check out my other podcast, Uh, the Fantasy Football Addicts, where we talk redraft. And we just went over some QBs and running backs to uh, fade or target at their current ADPs. I love it. You know, and right now, shout out quick to the Patreon. is We're going to be updating rankings on there. But, guys, we are right around the corner from the season. We're going to have sit-start rooms. We're going to be in there so you guys can figure out those last-minute moves, those covering both Dynasty and redraft. Guys may want to make sure you're in that. And lastly – Got the draft board behind me, draftkits.co, code SMASH, you get 10% off. You know, we didn't really plug that as much as we have in years past. Guys that have gotten it, if you know, you know. I mean, those draft boards are fantastic. So we were talking about Jonathan Taylor. We'd be remiss if we didn't hit on that right off the bat. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has now been given a week to find his trade. You know, there are six teams interested. John, when we start looking at this, I mean, we wanted him to be with the Colts. It was going to be an interesting situation. You know, you and I have both been heavily invested in Jonathan Taylor in the past. 
I have moved down to only one share of Jonathan Taylor I, off all my teams. With We're going to talk about some principles of how I, I, I've you know executed that and moved off Jonathan Taylor. But right now, where are we looking for Jonathan Taylor to go? I mean, most people are saying, hey, should I sell Jonathan Taylor? Should I buy Jonathan Taylor? And I think the answer is yes to both, right? Like some people are overreacting and they're selling him for you know, pennies on the dollar. Other people are underreacting, you know? So talk to me a little bit about your initial thought process and where we want him to go. Yeah. I Generally speaking, I'm still buying Jonathan Taylor. He is definitely dipped a lot. You, you can just look at his ADP. He's actually a bargain in redraft right now. And I'd be buying him in redraft in mm-hmm. dynasty. I think I understand, you know, trying to reduce risk and get off of that situation but I'm still probably buying him at the right price in, in Dynasty. I actually think he's probably going to end up staying in Indianapolis just because it's so much to overcome. You have to first be willing to give Indianapolis – they say a first. I mean, it's probably going to get negotiated, but at least a day two pick, and you know, it's just not as sexy to, to be trading for running backs right now. Then you also got to pay the guy, and he's going to want to get paid like one of the best running backs in the league right now. So, you know – I it could be really exciting. I mean, of course, everyone's going to continue to talk about Miami, but I think Miami's also kind of said we're moving on with the guys we have right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would be like the Holy grail where his stock would, would jump. But I mean, the second this all gets settled and I think it will in the next couple of weeks and we're back to him being the bell cow in Indianapolis with Richardson or he lands somewhere else. Clearly both situations are, are good. I think. I think that uh, he's he's either going to get his in Indianapolis or someone is willing to pay for the guy, then they're going to use him. So I actually think he's worth, I don't know, Dad, what do you think, what you would you pay for him? Maybe even more on the conservative side, what are you paying for Jonathan Taylor? Right now, I mean, I just did my redraft rankings and I have him at RB13. I know that's just crazy. If I'm in redraft, I'm, I'm willing to take guys below him talent-wise for that security because the way that, you know, Colts ownership is looking at this, like they're trading him or, you know, it, we'll see what ends up happening. Right now, I was looking on Sleeper. I saw Jonathan Taylor straight up for uh, Saquon Barkley. I saw T. Higgins for Jonathan Taylor and a second. You know, there's... Jonathan Taylor for Devonta Smith and Dalvin Cook. Jonathan Taylor, you know, like the, the value is not what it used to be. Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. for a random 24 first and Jaden Reed. Uh, you know, Taylor for looks like Zay Flowers and a 24 first for Jonathan Taylor and a 26 second. So right now is definitely not the time to be selling, in, in my opinion, because I think he ultimately gets a chance. If he signs somewhere else, you're going to get that value bump. But it is a very sticky situation. I mean, Mung, how how high up do you have him in your redraft rankings right now? And I mean, I know talking about moving straight from from uh, Jonathan Taylor to Saquon, you'd probably smash that. I was helping up with a bunch of draft assistants through the Patreon. He fell to four oh nine in a startup, John. I mean, that's just like yeah, see, 409. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm buying. And he there. was he was at that two oh eight about a month ago. You know, so that part has dipped considerably i just don't like investing in the running back position when we're talking about a guy that you know we are in a sticky situation so mung where do you have him in your redraft rankings and let's start talking about trade values so i have him at rb12 positionally which isn't that low but i have him ranked 40th overall which basically means i'm not going to get him in any of my drafts and i'm i'm okay with that because to me the one, just because he is granted the option to look for a trade doesn't mean he'll get one, right? Because Correct. realistically, the only places he would probably consider playing without a long-term deal would be the Chiefs or the Dolphins chase a ring and then hopefully mm-hmm. get paid by another team because neither of these teams is going to give him that big contract. Um, so in the scenario where he plays for the Colts, We've discussed before some concerns about lack of receptions and lack of goal line usage with Richardson there. And also the added risk that, true, he has to accumulate those games to accrue that year towards his contract. But there's really nothing stopping him from saying after week seven, week eight, something like that, hey, my ankle's acting back up and kind of do that soft holdout that we saw Kenny Galladay do a few years back, right? And not that Galladay deserved the contract that he got. But certainly that's a risk, right? Because even though technically they don't have any leverage 
that's something that I don't know that you want to risk going into a season as a contender. But at the same time, I understand not selling low because right now with the uncertainty is when people are not really willing to pay for him. Yeah. And I mean, John, we talk about it all the time, right? Like the biggest thing that I've been a huge advocate this year, even more so than others is I've always been in the years past all about having those stud running backs, right? I've got to have these guys. I got to have those guys. And, you know, like I sold Jonathan Taylor for Ramondre Stevenson in a first a uh, couple months ago, like certain guys that I'm always going in there and buying. And I put a tweet out there today. and A lot of people were, you know, interested in how this actually goes out. But I said, you know, if you have a lot of depth on your team, Running back's the most volatile position, you know, and this was two months ago getting Ramondre Stevenson in a first for JT. You know, a lot of people are asking me, should I should I use my 24 first now and buy a running back? Should I upgrade my running back? And this is that time of year where I'm almost saying, you know what, do the opposite. You know, like if you can get Jonathan, give up Jonathan Taylor and get Joe Mixon and a 24 first, I would smash that. You know, like anyone in that range, in that RB, you know, 15 range and above, I would do it because you're getting the production and then you're getting a first on top of this this year. Jonathan Taylor has just put it into a situation where, you know, obviously he's a supreme talent, but he's going to be, he's 24.6. So we talk about this time next year, he's going to be 25 years old. You know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be up and coming that are going to surpass him. I think Gibbs and a lot of guys like that. So John, I mean, when do you think it's too much tinkering? Like a lot of times, we make these moves. And uh, for instance, you know, I, I did similar type moves last year where I traded, you know, Saquon Barkley for Pollard in the first. And then I traded, you know, ins- made these insulated trades. And then when we got to December, then I was buying your Derrick Henry's. I'm buying Austin Eckler. I'm buying these other running backs. So how much do you tinker this time of year? And then what are some moves that you're looking to make? Because I think everybody right now is just they're, they're in this area where I want my roster. I want my team to look as sexy as possible. Yeah, this is such a great question. That's kind of the theme of the show. The, the answer is it really kind of comes down to your league. I mean, you may have dynasty leagues where guys have just kind of taken off most of the offseason. They're just now starting to get interested in again, and they're kind of evaluating their rosters. And so before you really need to, to do any tinkering, just start those conversations back up. Start talking to other guys about their rosters and kind of what their strategies are, uh, you know, are they are they willing to make some moves to try and become a contender or are they starting to realize, you know what, I don't think I can get it done this year. I'm starting to look at some of these projections on sleeper. I don't think I have what it takes. You might um, start those conversations about grabbing some of their guys. That's really the first piece of guidance is really just know your league and know your league mates who is willing to make these moves. Are there some guys that are very risk averse and are sitting on Jonathan Taylor and getting super nervous? Are they sitting on Josh Jacobs and sweating it because he's their RB1? You might just start sending those guys some offers. And so I, I'm, I'm still trying to take advantage of any like any time during Dynasty opportunities to get value to buy low. But I think to better answer your question on, on tinkering, I think you do need to really be careful here because, for example, when it comes to veterans, we talk a lot about this on the show. Now is really not a good time to sell your veterans. You're gonna, you're most likely selling low. Dynasty, just generally speaking, is age averse, and it, you're gonna get much more value once these veterans start putting points on the board. And you start, everyone's gonna start realizing who's contending, who's not, and all of a sudden, uh, there's gonna be a number of teams that will need more veteran support. They're gonna be dealing with injuries. Those veterans are gonna be worth a lot more. So be careful right now about tinkering too much and trying to sell a veteran when you are probably going to get more value. Now, where I do suggest you do some tinkering is you have your guys, right? And I think we should maybe toss out throughout Mm -hmm. the show. Some of the guys that you think are about to take a big jump in value Buy them now before the season starts, like you think they're going to get more playing time or they're about to really show out and show the world what they can do. Some of these rookies that we've never seen on the field before, um, the rookie fever has died down and mm-hmm. maybe you can actually get some of these guys for a bit cheaper than you could a couple of months ago. I'm okay with making moves like that. If you're confident this guy is about to take a big jump in value because he's going to really uh, ball out. So those are some things that I think about um, when I'm, when I'm looking at this point in uh, right, right on the heels of the, the season starting. 
I love that so much. And that's really what the success of a lot of this podcast has been is making those insulated trades by picking our guys, you know, those guys that Definitely. that we think are going to hit, you know, and there's, since we're talking about running backs, I mean, who are some of those guys for you right now? Like I'm, I'm huge on Jameer Gibbs right now. A lot of people, if you went straight up, I mean, would you rather have Taylor or Gibbs? You know, like there's a lot of guys there that, you know, we've talked about have, are going to hit this year. Who are those guys for you? And if someone came to you, like, where's that line? of who you take straight up for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think that for sure Gibbs is a good example of, of someone that is right now valued more than Jonathan Taylor. I just still love Jonathan Taylor's overall talent and still think he's a pretty valuable. So I, there's definitely, I, you know, you guys have him RB 12, 13. I'm not quite that low right now. I still believe in what he can do in the talent. And I think his situation yeah. is going to be good one way or another. But, um, I'm, you know, I, again, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of folks that may not want to part with them for I would I would happily send a 2024 first for Jonathan Taylor if you could get it. That oh just, yeah, you're gonna me, you're gonna need yeah. more than that for sure. Yeah, like, probably I, gonna need I've, more than that. Yep. I moved him to my RB seven in Dynasty. You know, like I I and I okay. immediately yeah. once he goes. So I mean, I still have I still have Bijan, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall. Like I, I had Brees Hall and Bijan ahead of him. I moved Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs, and Saquon Barkley ahead of him for now. As soon as yeah. he signs. Yeah, then he's going to mm -hmm. bounce above Barkley for me, but I'm still keeping Gibbs up there, you know, and it, I think yeah. McCaffrey absolutely eats this year. So that's that's yeah. the interesting I, thing there. Yeah, I do have some other running backs, though. If I, I could categorize some guys that I would consider maybe buying, um, there's there's a group that I would classify as kind of like the post-injury guys that uh, we all have the recency bias on. And, you know, that if they're further removed from an injury, they're still kind of a buy low. They could show out. I still believe in J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I, I would put, you know, for another example, Isaiah Pacheco. I think that Javante Williams is starting to creep up a little bit, but is is also a great buy. He's way, way ahead of his rehab schedule. Uh, I mean, the guy must be Wolverine. He's already out there playing in games. Um, is it going to take him some time to get back to 100%? Sure. But uh, I think that the value can get him that. So that's one group. Then I would also say if you are willing to buy veterans, like I said earlier, you might get them for a little bit cheaper right now. This is a situation where you're contending. You look like a top three team, but you need like an RB1, RB2, RB3. I, I think there's great values out there right now. And Aaron Jones, um, Nick Chubb, I think is is absolutely going to ball out this year. Kareem Hunt's gone. They're look, using him more in the passing game. The guy is just still one of the best pure runners in the game. A little bit cheaper options than Jones and Chubb. Um, full Monty. Miles Sanders. And then last one, just a couple of these rookies that I think are still undervalued. Kendra Miller, I really like still. And um, my gosh, we, we saw what he could do in the preseason game. Like the guy ran a wheel right, wheel route, dove, caught the ball. Like apparently he can't catch a ball, like we were saying. Um, I, I, I still love my boy Tajay Spears. And I think people are going to realize that um, he's, he's going he's gonna to ball and he could be the heir apparent to Derrick Henry. And then um, maybe maybe get a cheap buy out there on Sean Tucker. Like we talked about Sean Tucker for the longest time, then everyone wrote him off completely because of this medical situation. Look, looks like he's past that now. If that's past him, the town's still there. And there's not a lot in front of him in Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, you could maybe even get him off waivers. So those are a few. Um, when I'm, when I kind of analyze the running back position today, those are some of the guys I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, Mung, when we get closer to, you know, the start of the season. That's why I started putting my redraft rankings out there. I mean, the running back position outside of Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, you know, maybe even Saquon, Brees Hall. It's not that different when you look at what the guys are valued at in dynasty versus redraft. Like some of these guys we're buying them all for those, those shorter windows. A lot of these guys for 2017 are getting up there in age, even the running backs from 2020 as they go into their next contract. So talk to me a little bit about how you go about looking at that. Cause we talked about tinkering on your rosters, what you're doing with those running backs. Are you going out there and you're buying, you're selling and just how close is it? Yeah, I would, go after some guys who are either ascending or undervalued because of injuries or uncertainty right now. So guys who I like, uh, Damian Pierce, uh, they showed that they're willing to use mm -hmm. him as a true three down guy yeah. with Singletary and a change of pace role. And I think mm -hmm. people are still a little like bit nervous about him. Um, so given what we've seen in the preseason, I wasn't super high on him until now, 
But now that we have seen his potential usage, um, I'm much higher on Pierce than I was before. And then also just some guys who we've talked about before, just unsexy veterans, right? In backfields that look very muddled right now. I know Kenneth Gainwell is getting a lot of steam. Um, he's apparently getting first team reps and they like him in two minute situations, but it's not going to be all game off, right? Um, the, the hype has kind of died on Swift and Penny. So if you can grab those guys for cheap, um, players who haven't been practicing for a while, right? Damian Harris has been nursing a knee injury, but it sounds like as of right now, he's still expected to be fine for week one. Um, you might be able to get Damian Harris for a third right now, throw out some mm-hmm. offers. Um, he's an unsexy nice. name, right? Um, both, um, oh, I just lost it. Oh, uh, Joshua Kelly is someone I've been drafting in the last rounds of best ball rosters. Him and Isaiah Spiller, we've talked about how Austin Eckler is 28 years old. One of those guys, if they seize that number two job, they have standalone weekly flex value if they do get some early down work. And then finally, you know, Devon A-Chain, right? He's hurt. Um, he was allegedly the fourth or fifth string in preseason, but we know that depth starts change a lot quickly in season. And Raheem Mostert's 31, Jeff Wilson's, I think, 28. Neither of them have been true workhorse backs. Both of them have extensive injury histories. So try and buy A-Chain for, you might be able to get him for mid-second right now because the hype is dead, right? He's hurt and he's quote-unquote fourth string. So right now, these are the guys I would be looking to buy. All right. I definitely want to start breaking down individual running backs here. But the other principle that I wanted to talk about, it was a a tweet that I put out a couple of weeks ago, something that I'm trying to we're talking about tinkering rosters. But this is like a new mentality that I'm trying to tinker with. It's just called reduced volatility trading. Right. So we look at it. Running backs are the highest injury risk, easily easiest production to replace and the biggest market fluctuation, right? Our elite wide receivers keep that area. So what I've been looking at doing on a lot of my rosters and in the, the trade that I made here is I gave up Brees Hall and Chris, Chris Godwin to get Ramondre Stevenson, Devonta Smith and Juju Smith Schuster. So for me, it was taking Godwin and upgrading to Devonta Smith, getting younger, getting one of those top 12 wide receivers, and then moving myself off of one of those, uh, you know, high upside running backs that, could go down to injury. I mean, right now, like, obviously, we're going to talk about Brees Hall a little bit later, but we got a 1A, 1B situation, obviously, there with Dalvin Cook. So, for me, I'm trying to do that, you know, and this is a trade where I was suggesting this with Jonathan Taylor in that area, you know, and you move from, from that volatility of that running back position, which we can replace that. Like, John, the more I get into this, the more I do this every year, right now, you know, in Smash Except 2, right now I have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, and then I've moved all my running backs. So last year I had Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley. I've moved it to the three top wide receivers. And I'm okay mm-hmm. rolling out Isaiah Pacheco, Aaron yeah. Jones, David Montgomery. And those are my three running backs in that situation where mm-hmm. I've been like, you know what? I, you know, I, I I had Jonathan Taylor. I traded him straight up for AJ Brown in the 212 and drafted Laporta. You know, I had uh, I traded multiple pieces last year to get Jefferson, you know, because I want those wide receivers. And you know what? Next year in 2024, yeah, I'll take I take a shot on Henderson. I'll take a shot on some of these running backs because the running back position is so easily replaced for production. I mean, the elite guys, yeah, they ball out. You know, Christian McCaffrey's yeah. numbers, absolutely off the charts compared to everybody else when you come to do that. But then you get to these areas where it's like, you know what? You you were winning leagues last year with Isaiah Pacheco. You were winning leagues with with Aaron Jones. You were winning leagues mm-hmm. with some of these guys that are considerably cheaper. So why not invest in the wide receiver position and do a quick flip flop? I'll give you yeah. my running back. Who's you know I'll take a running back downgrade for a wide receiver upgrade because I'm getting younger. I last longer, and you know I'm avoiding that volatility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like this a lot. And I think that by the way, I think that things are kind of shifting that way in general. And this is important that you kind of keep on top of some of these trends and get ahead of the game, kind of make your moves now for sure. Because of the age, right? Like we talk about it. It's always different every year, but right now, you know, you look at, at where the running back values are in that 2017 class, you're still getting in the eighth round, you're getting Aaron Jones in the seventh round. You can can draft Joe Mixon in the ninth round, you get Kamara. So why not take that value? For sure. Even if you just kind of look at redraft to see kind of where people are at, it, the first four guys off the board a lot of times now are Jefferson, Chase, Cup, and Tyreek mm-hmm. before any running back even 
um, is is often considered there. And and again, because why wide receivers are in general 15 to 20 percent less likely to get hurt than running backs. So you're actually giving your team more stability and very similar to production in running, uh, you know, PPR type leagues. So I think it's a very good strategy and you're right. You can get these, I mean, let's use Monk's term, unsexy veterans that we're bringing unsexy back tonight. You know, we're, you know, a couple of us are dads. We're kind of used to that. We're trying to stay, (laughs) but yeah, we're we're bringing unsexy back tonight and, you can you can absolutely have a roster like you said where you have some guys that uh, you know are not considered super valuable will absolutely help you win games championships and what I would like to do in a lot of those scenarios where you you're you're top heavy on wide receivers maybe your QBs is like over half your bench is just running backs they're all just yeah. like dark they're RB twos they're cheap you just keep them there and then you're you're ready to turn them when they get their shot and I mean inevitably half of them do throughout the mm-hmm. season. So that's kind of the, the roster construction you could consider in that kind of strategy. Perfect. Because I, you know, I put that in there with, I did all the rankings today. Then I put in handcuff tiers, you know, and it's like, this is that area where you, we talk about those, those rookies, almost every single rookie over the last two years has increased in value at the running back position from when they were drafted up until, you know, I, I did it where I looked over the last two years. And aside from Isaiah Spiller, pretty much everybody has gone up. Now you got, Charbonnet, Miller, Bigsby. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to Spears are going to get an opportunity, even Roshan Johnson. So, yeah, we want to load up on on those guys, the Damian Harris, the Devin Singletary, Antonio Gibson, you know, A.J. Dillon types. So we don't do this a lot. You know, we're going to break it down. Last week it was fun. Among myself and Snoop, we did a, uh, you know, a redraft mock. We're going to kind of talk about how these guys are going to pan out this year. I mean, we wanted to really go over – you know, trying to reduce that that risk of the running back position. But let's talk about, you know, we're, we're going to go in now. This is John's thing. You know, we always go all in. We talk about that. Looking at things over the last couple of years, nine out of the last 10 players to be the number one RB overall were under the age of 25. 11 of the 12 were guys that were drafted in that top 12 of fantasy football. So I started breaking things down. Who are those guys that could be the RB1 overall? That first tier I have for me is McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan and Saquon Barkley. Mung, is there anybody else that you could say, given a full PPR, this is a guy who's that dark horse that could be an RB1? The, like the RB1, sorry. Yeah. Um, who are the names that you mentioned? You said uh, Eckler, McCaffrey, Bijan, and Saquon. I think I there's one. an argument um, for the next two guys, Chubb, Pollard. Yeah, I, I don't I was say think Chubb. Gibbs is quite there, but uh, I think Chubb and Pollard, there's a potential there. Um, yeah. And, I mean, still Taylor, right? Because his range of outcomes is so big that it's not crazy that Jonathan Taylor, after all this, well, he's done you know, it before too. Yeah. gets pissed, right, in a contract year and just says, all right, fine, I won't get paid, but I'm going to show you why I deserve to be paid. Um but obviously, I think the odds of that are lower, but it, it's there. But really, you're talking about six running backs, right? Yeah, I think for me, Nick Chubb would be the guy I would throw in there. I just kind of have the the thought that he may get uh, more worked into the passing game. And if you're, you're looking at, you know, let's say 35, 40 receptions for Chubb, knowing what he can get on the ground, I mean, he could lead the league in rushing yardage. And I think they could lean on him in that offense. That would be one I, I could easily – see him finishing in the top three. It's hard to argue with Eckler and McCaffrey, but I think he's in that range with Bijan and Saquon. And he's that guy year in and year out. If you still play standard, if you're old school, <laughs> point five PPR, yeah. he, get, he gets bumped up. But John, you know, we're talking about buying running backs. And right now, I, I mean, Nick Chubb is, is still he's, not, he's, he's up. still super, super achievable. I mean, like yeah. a couple sleeper trades I wanted to look at Cam mm-hmm. Akers in a second for Nick Chubb in a third. That's a smash for me. Okay. You know, like yeah, I like Cam one. Akers. But Nick Chubb is what, you know, like we're already in that for situation. For contenders, absolutely. Yeah. Elijah Moore in a 24 first for Nick Chubb in a 24 second. You know, we talked about Love not it. trading that 24 first. But then another one here is, you know, Rashad White in a 24 first for Nick Chubb in a 24 second. And I know you and I have made a living off of those kind of trades because mm-hmm. sometimes right now, I know when I play with you, your first is going to be late, right? Right. But 
Not everybody knows that right the after optics, the draft. Right? Not every, yeah. So you, so you go out there and you throw Nick Chubb, you, you throw Rashad White in your late first for Nick Chubb and what could be a mid to late second. Yeah. And I think you're you only moving up, down six to eight spots in the rookie draft. Yeah. I mean, I got, what about this one? Roshan Johnson in a late 24 first or Nick Chubb. Yeah. Uh, for a contender top three team, I think you'd be happy with that move. And this is another one here, and I want to get Mung's take on this too. A lot of people have been saying, you know what? Like, I they're saying I'm going to trade my 24 first. I want to trade my 25 first. What I've been trying to talk to people is give them a collection right now, right? So this is Alexander Madison, Sky Moore, and a 25 second for Nick Chubb. For me, it's like, oh, it looks like enough value, but three quarters don't equal a dollar in this situation where I think you get a situation where Nick Chubb could ball out. Madison is someone that I feel like could be a trap. There could be those situations where you know, we figure out who goes there, what, what that backfield looks like. Mung, is that a situation where you'd take Nick Chubb or would you take Madison Sky more in a 25-second? No, I, I think that's Chubb pretty easily, especially if you're contending there. Full I Chubb, like baby. Full Chubb. Full, full on Chubb. So, you know, then we have the, the guys that have an RB. I, Derek Henry, John. I mean, yeah. I have him as my RB5. I have him in that same area as Chubb because it's like, man, he just keeps getting cheaper. In Dynasty, I'm going to pull up some trades. But when you talk about mm -hmm. redraft, I mean, Derrick Henry is an absolute value. When he's on the football field, you know, are you worried about this season? Yeah, Every single year, we keep talking about, how, you know, this might be it. He might, might slow down a little bit. But when he's on the field, he is elite when he's talking about top three type running back. Yeah, I still have a lot of shares because um you know a lot of my teams are win now contenders and he keeps getting cheaper and cheaper and people keep you know he's almost like the travis kelsey of running backs we keep kind of writing him off because of his age and just the the workloads that he's had but he's remarkably healthy and he again the past couple of seasons he's been getting worked into the passing game too and you know again the offense does scare me a little bit but that does also work uh, help him. Like we talked about on the show that getting new Hopkins in that offense could help Derrick Henry a little bit. Uh, you know, I hope, hopefully they'll get Traylon Burks back. Hopefully they can get their passing game going. You got Chig in there too. They're, the, the defenses aren't going to be able to completely stack the box against him. And inside the five, everybody knows Derrick Henry's getting the ball, but he's still, if you look at the stats, one of the best at converting. So I think after those guys that we just talked about, Derrick Henry, again, unsexy vet that can absolutely put points on the board and help you win a lot of games. So I'm seeing a lot of Derrick Henry trades. And I want to talk about two, two principles here is one, John, people are, are saying, Hey, should I trade a 24 first for Derrick Henry? My answer resoundedly is no, but the trade that I'm seeing a lot is I'll give him my 25 first, right? People are starting to look at that. I look at it as a situation where I have two years to get that pick back and I can get, the volume from Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is absolutely worth a 25 first, but I'm not really interested in trading my 24 first. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, I, I've been, what I've been doing is just kind of be willing to pay a little bit more than market mm -hmm. value. And again, market value, I believe is too low. So for me, there's still value to be had in Derrick Henry. 25 first, I would absolutely do that. For, for contending rosters, you're right. You have plenty of time to get that thing back. Um, I've done that before. You, you know, a couple of seconds for sure, I would consider. Mm -hmm. Or one one thing that you could consider is what you just described, which is you know your, your first is going to be bottom three, and you package it with uh, another running back, right? And you're getting a second back in return. So it's mm -hmm. at least a little bit insulated. And if you think this guy you're trading with is kind of on the early side, mid, that's a, that's a sneaky one because you see a two versus a one and uh, you can kind of take advantage of that situation too. So look at those kind of pick swaps in the deals as well. Yeah. And I mean, Mung, we look at always want to have an area where we can get off of that guy, right? So if we're moving towards a, a building section where we're trying to move off of Derrick Henry, I'm seeing a lot of trades that I like of like moving from Derrick Henry to Javante Williams because people aren't quite sure if he's going to be back at full strength. I'm moving from Derrick Henry to Damian Pierce to J.K. Dobbins. You know, like if you're not fully all in, I think now you're going to get that option, right? Like we, we talk about it, how it's so cyclical. You couldn't trade Derrick Henry all offseason. But once we see him out on the football field, After he goes out weeks, there for just watch. You know, 
yep. 26 point fantasy points week one, then everybody's going to yep. get giddy That's and they're right. going to want to buy in. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about that is this time of year when you're thinking about which players you want to hold versus sell based on how you think their value is going to change over the next few weeks, mm-hmm. I would look at the early season schedule, right? I've talked about Jacksonville before as a team that starts with a great schedule. They start like with that. the Colts, um, whose secondary doesn't really scare anybody right now. A potential shootout at home against the Chiefs. And then they've got Houston and Atlanta, and especially Calvin Ridley. We talked about Calvin Ridley before, where he's someone where I don't necessarily believe in him long-term, but he's got a great schedule for the first four weeks. He's got a revenge game against the Falcons in week four. So, you know, in the same vein, I think Trevor Lawrence, his value is going to go up, right? And when we're talking about Derrick Henry specifically, I think it's tough because they do get the Saints week one. Right, they're on the road against the Saints with a very good defense and D line, but then they go to the Chargers, right? Or they play the Chargers next in week two at home. And the Chargers run defense really struggled last year, uh, maybe a little bit improved this offseason. But I think if you're looking to rebuild and you're not getting those offers for Henry right now, after week one's not the time to panic and sell. I would, mm-hmm. you know, hope for a big game mm-hmm. against the Chargers and then try and sell. So you want to kind of pinpoint you know, times in the season where their value is going to go up and down every single week. I like that a lot. That's it's definitely some some plus type material there. I like that. Next level. Joe, Joe Mixon's my next guy on there. Very similar yeah. in that area as as Derrick Henry. You know, I think Joe Mixon in Dynasty is someone that you can get on the cheap. The next couple guys I want to talk about is is Jameer Gibbs has almost gotten to a point, John, where you, you can't buy him, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you missed out him on the rookie draft. We're kind of yeah. into that area. And, you know, he is legit. Like, we're looking at a guy here. We've been talking about it. We covered the 23 firsts since February. This was a guy you and I loved. Now he's almost impossible to buy. Yeah, I almost want to describe it as a buy high, but I can't advise the listeners right now to try to go out and buy Gibbs because, yeah, the market is pretty tough. I mean, even in some of the rookie drafts, he started going – um, ahead of these QBs in Superflex mm-hmm. rookie drafts. Um, he was really uh, trending up, and we've seen what he can do now at practice and in games. But, I mean, what I would consider there with Gibbs is if he kind of starts out of the gate slow and, you know, let's say, for example, that uh, Montgomery is getting kind of all the red zone stuff in week one, week two, they may, for all we know, they may be kind of easing him into the lineup and introducing him to more of the playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to trade if you see that opportunity open up where you could buy them a little bit cheaper uh, maybe gibbs is on a contending team and they start to get a little bit impatient because montgomery's getting uh, a big portion of the workload which by the way i think will happen to some degree but um if i can get gibbs in any way <laughs> right now dad i'm definitely trying to buy i love gibbs I, I, the only guy i really love more in the, the entire world of running backs right now of course is Bijan. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you there completely. I mean, I think it, the minute Jonathan Taylor gets traded, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and shop, try to get Gibbs. You know, like straight up for Jonathan Taylor, maybe get a little bit of plus. I see a lot of trades here, like Drake London in a second. You know, I I think I would lean Gibbs in that one. A couple other ones, even you know Flowers in a late first. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be that guy, and I think by the time the season's over, he is clearly a top three running back. Caffrey's going to age out. It's going to be Hall, Gibbs, and and Dijon Robinson. I've already got him there. Yeah. Yeah. You moved him up to three already. I I really, for, well, I guess that I'll say it like this. Um, If I'm not contending and I'm looking at running back rankings, then yeah, I would put him right right there. And that's that's my biggest thing that I'm really trying to get out is aside from Hall, Gibbs, and and Bijan for me, I'm treating every single other running back like it's, short term, you know, like every single guy, you look at where their age gap is or what they have. I mean, you know, we were going to be willing to have ETN in there or Walker in there, but they both got, you know, they both got competition into that situation. Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson, you know, Stevenson just got a little bit of competition there with, with Zeke Pollard's a guy that's going to be, you know, 26 turning 27. So it's like the position, like I said, we're trying to insulate as much as possible. The guy I want to talk about, we talked about J- uh, Jonathan Taylor. Mung, I want to get your opinion on Brees Hall because obviously all offseason I've been pounding the drum saying buy Brees Hall, buy Brees Hall because I do think he's the second most talented running back 
maybe third if we count McCaffrey. But like when it comes to dynasty, he's been my RB2. I still have him there. How do you see 2023 shaking out? Because everybody's like, you know, I want to go out there and buy Dalvin Cook. I want to buy Brees Hall. What should you do? Is it going to be a 1A, 1B? I mean, how do you see this shaking out? Because everyone that's worried, and I think it's created a little bit of a buy low window for Brees Hall. Yeah, I still like Hall. You just have to understand that if you're contending, he's probably going to be an inconsistent, I'd say, flex option for the first six to eight weeks, right? It sounds like they're definitely looking to ease him back in. Um, They obviously signed Cook for a reason, even over all their other backups who did somewhat well last season, right? Mm -hmm. Abanaconda is hurt right now, but he still factors in at some point. So I I think it's going to be a a light workload for Hall, but he still has that league-winning upside late in the season, right? And and again, not to galaxy brain too much. Maybe I've been playing too much best ball here, but I've really been looking at the schedule very closely because heading into the fantasy playoffs, um, Week 17 matchup is at Cleveland, where historically they've had terrible weather late in the season, right? And becomes these grinded-out, ground-and-pound games and I still think over the back half of the season, Hall is going to be the 1A, if not the clear lead back over Dalvin Cook. So, again, it depends on whether you have the depth to withstand that hit at running back early in the season if you're contending. And if you're rebuilding, I think he's a great target. Yeah, and punts, like we talked about, he's the ideal guy to go after. But I still think he's going to be the 1A in there. But, I mean, here's the answer to that. If you're contending and you have Brees Hall, go buy James Conner for a second. We've been saying it on the podcast for years. Get yeah, James Conner. buy yourself some time, yeah. But, John, we, we talk about Brees Hall is the talent, right? Talent wins out. Yes. Dalvin Cook was not himself last year. We're, 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 like, worried that Dalvin Cook is there now. We wanted him to go to Miami, but we're worried he's with the Jets. But, I mean, he has not been the staple of – of health across his career anyway. So the minute he goes down, Brees Hall is not going to be obtainable in, in value because I'm looking at some of these trades, John, and it's, it's blowing my mind. Like I just can't understand, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Austin Eckler and Michael Tom, Austin Eckler and Michael Thomas for Brees Hall, Cam Akers in a late 24 first smash T Higgins and Zay flowers for Brees Hall and a 25 first smash, you know, like, Brandon Ayuk and a late 24 first for Brees Hall. Brees Hall is absolutely legitimate. George Pickens and Jahan Dotson for Brees Hall. Like Brees Hall is going to be a top three dynasty running back. These prices are way too cheap. Tony Pollard and a 24 second. Uh, Yes, please. You know, like if you can go out there and kick the tires with a Brees Hall owner, I know that's not happening in any of our smash leagues because you guys are too sharp and I own Brees Mm -hmm. Hall in most of them. But, you know, like go out there and <laughs> kick the tires, try it out, see what happens. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're talking dynasty here. You got to look out beyond just a few games that he's going to take to ramp back up. We saw the talent on display. And, you know, I actually believe that Aaron Rodgers will stick around for at least another year or two. So, um, you know, I think that wheels up on Brees Hall after he kind of gets back to his, his self. So. I'm not I'm not too worried about Dalvin Cook, but I just think on contenders, that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. Go get yourself another running back that can kind of help you make sure you're winning games in those first few weeks of the seasons. Uh, you know, James Conner, but we just rattled off how many other guys that you could get mm-hmm. these unsexy veterans that you kind of plug in there uh, to bridge the gap a little bit. All right, John, we're going to we did this with with Mung. I'm definitely not going to call it smash dash cash because people got ticked off. It's just keep <laughs> trade cut. Three running backs, and I'm going to hit you up here with some guys that, you know, okay. Tra- Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, and J.K. Dobbins. Hmm, okay. I will say, I, man, I am, I'm actually going to trade Travis Etienne. Sorry, Snoog. Uh, yeah, sorry, Snoog. Uh, I, I think that. Um, I'm just going to say, I think that Tank is definitely going to get um, a, a chunk of that workload. He's too good mm-hmm. not to. And I think they, they kind of want to think about how they use Travis Etienne. Super talented, but I'm looking at kind of the overall situation and the value that he has in the market right now. I'm below market on Travis Etienne. So yeah, uh, for that reason, um, I, and I think that uh, I, I probably need to go ahead and keep Kenny Walker, right? K-Dub the third, just because um, he's he's kind of coming off the injury and his market value right now is a little bit low. 
Um, both those guys are worth more than J.K. Dobbins in terms of market value. I already stated I'm a big fan of J.K. Dobbins, but that's if like you're in a contending situation, you can buy him low uh, as a post-injury kind of sleeper pick. But in this situation, if I'm looking at those three, I got to cut them. Sorry, J.K. We're in a weird situation with Kenneth Walker. It's like, man, yeah. I was all in, but like if you're buying, what, what are you buying for a ceiling that Charbonnet goes down? You know, or that something else opens up there. So that that's an interesting that's one. A, that is a tough one. I agree. You know, like it, we're at a weird, weird spot there. And someone was asking me if I have Walker, should I be trading for Charbonnet? And I'm almost like, I, I look at it weirdly that if I'm not the Kenneth Walker owner, I want Charbonnet more than if I'm the Kenneth Walker owner, because it's like, yeah. you're, you're in that spot. You're going to get that second guy. But if you have them both, they're just going to be sitting there on your roster a little bit differently. Yeah, for sure. That Seattle running back situation, I, I'm still struggling with and have ever since the, the draft where I was just numb after like, why did they get a running back in the second round again, two years in a row? You just rarely see that. But what I, I, I will say this, what it does tell me is that good old Pete still really values having those running backs. He does absolutely want to emphasize, um, you know, talented running backs in his offense. So I do think that they're both going to get theirs, but you have to be real about it. There's only so many touches to go around. And oh, by the way, you got JSN in the offense now, along with DK and Lockett. So I am kind of struggling with it overall. And it's, it's, this is one of the most difficult situations to value properly. So you kind of have to really monitor that one and look for opportunities. Uh, right now, I think Walker is still a bit of a buy low. Because mm -hmm. I think the market's kind of over, um, overreacted to that that injury a bit and the Charbonnet thing, but you know, be careful on on exactly what you would be willing to pay. And watching Pete Carroll, you know, line up there, I think he's a, he's that backup quarterback. Do you see the video of uh, Pete Carroll? No, know, I haven't seen that. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was beautiful. I thought we were gonna talk what, about Pete taking his shirt off or something again. Like it, it's probably what I like. There's the that what I think I look like when I'm playing backyard football with my kids <laughs> in the neighborhood versus what I actually look like. I look like Pete Carroll right? just kind of yeah, jogging right. around out there. Mung, you are up on a little keep trade cut. We're gonna hit you with the heartstrings. Aaron Jones. Damian Pierce or Miles Sanders? I would keep Damian Pierce. I would trade Aaron Jones, and I would cut Miles Sanders. Uh, consider me a non-believer that he's going to all of a sudden be this three-down workhorse in Carolina. Watching him at Penn State, he had those skills. But I want to talk about Damian Pierce because I'm with you. Like I messaged, I messaged someone else in the industry the other day, and I'm like, am I wrong for really – buying in on Damian Pierce right now. Cause like last year, mm -hmm. you know, he had a couple pop-off games and we said, don't trade a 23 first form. Just don't do it. And that was still the right call. But now I'm seeing things like Christian Kirk straight up for him. Tajay Spears in the 24 second, um, you know, like trades like that. Javante Williams in that same area. I mean, Mung, what, what's the ceiling price you'd be willing to pay for Damian Pierce? I mean, would you pay a random 24 first now? Um, I'd have to have a really solid team. I think late first is about right for Pierce. Uh, mm -hmm. So if, if you're a strong contender, I think that's fine. I would try for two seconds first, but yeah. probably a lot of people who drafted Pierce and saw him do well last year aren't letting him go for that. So I mm -hmm. think late first is that sweet spot. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd, I'd prefer not on the first myself, um, but I, I could see it on a, on a contender. Yeah. And we want to see how it shakes out. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's why we talk about investing in guys like James Conner because it doesn't cost you as much. And then if Damian Pierce, right, you you spend your 24 first and Damian Pierce goes down to injury, he is in line to be replaced. He doesn't have the draft capital. He could be there, but you could buy that production a little bit later in the yeah. season. So well, get creative I, with it. I just want to throw it out there again, too, because I've, I've already started looking at this, this 24 running back class. So when I'm thinking about a late 24 first, I'm still thinking about some of these ballers that are going to be coming in next year, uh, yeah. I, you know, go check out uh, the, the show that we did where we, we kind of talked about that, but there's quite we'll a number of 23s, right? We're like, there is a yeah. situation we have, we have free agents that are going to hit the market next year. We have tons of running backs. I mean, John, if you had to, if you had to say right now, I mean, last year we were saying this time of year, there will be six running backs that were going to affect the running back landscape. You know, yeah. two of them are starters, but those other four, are clearly affecting the landscape. How many guys come in next year that are going to be in that same area? I mean, is it five, yeah. six that have a shot to do that? 
I think we're, we're looking at six, um, maybe more. I don't want to get too crazy yeah. here, but if I had to say who they are, the guys that I have there, Trevion Henderson, Raheem Sanders, Trey Benson, Braylon Allen, Will Shipley, and Donovan Edwards. Those six guys for me are my first um, six running backs for the 24 class right now. I'm going to be watching these guys every week. And I think that they will absolutely um, get starting roles. They, they're probably mostly day two picks um, mm. that we'll see. Maybe some, maybe one of those guys sneaks into the, the first or maybe two like this year. So that's kind of what I, that's what I mean. It's like, I'm hesitant to send a late 24 first for, for Pierce that might get me a, another younger incoming running back, like a Donovan Edwards or a Braylon Allen, um, which kind of, those guys are right now going kind of projected to go in that range, the late first at this stage. Very good. Uh, let's, let's talk real quick here. I think John, you are up. We're going to go Rashad White. Alvin Kamara or Cam Akers? Okay. Um, I am probably going to trade Rashad White because I uh, I think that when I look at his talent level, uh, I think that it's not quite at where the market values him. I think it's because of his situation more so than his talent. Like, the, don't get me wrong, the kid's okay. But a lot of these other guys, I think Cam Akers is definitely more talented. So uh, I would trade and take advantage of the the market perception on Rashad White. And uh, I'm probably going to keep Cam Akers, which means I am cutting Alvin Kamara. Uh, but, man, uh, that's a tough one, right, because – we might, we might actually see Alvin Kamara surprise and put up some points once he gets back from suspension. I mean, it, it's a tough one for me because Kamara right now is still kind of a buy low, especially for contenders. But in this situation with those three guys, and I'm looking at the overall market values for each one, I'm probably going to have to cut old AK. Yeah, and I know Mung's been – we've both been really high on Kamara, and I've, I've seen some trades where, you know, Alvin Kamara mm -hmm. or Jod Bateman, Mung, you know, like – Alvin Kamara, Ryan Tannehill in a late 25 second, you know, potentially uh, David Montgomery or Alvin Kamara. I mean, you know, we know his age, but these seem like really, really cheap values to get a guy who looks like, you know, still has RB1 potential Monk. Yeah. And we talked about him on the redraft episode that we did last week, where we just think that Derek Carr is going to pepper him with targets, right? So even if you think he's lost a step, um, they're going to use Jamal Williams between the tackles near the goal line, whatever it might be. I think that receiving volume is going to be there, which is why I'm still in on Camaro this year. I like it. Now you're three. We're going mm -hmm. Alexander Madison, James Cook, and DeAndre Swift. Three guys that are as controversial as cilantro. You know, like this is you either love them or you don't. Yeah, I would I would keep Madison because I don't think anyone's really paying for him. People were super excited when Cook left, but the hype's really died down. So I think Madison's gonna be that back end mid range RB two, but no one's given a first for him. So I, yeah. I'd rather just keep him for the production. Mm -hmm. um, I would trade James Cook because yep. I think a lot's being overblown about his preseason usage, and I know I just talked about the same thing with Damian Pierce. Um, but I, I still think that Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are going to factor in. Josh Allen yes. still, even though Cook's being used on those passing downs, I'm just nervous about how much, uh, how many receptions and targets he'll actually see, much like the Eagles running backs. We've talked about that before. And I think you can get a first plus a second in some leagues right now for James Cook with the hype right now. Um, so I would trade him and I smash any first, baby. <laughs> I've yeah, me too. Swift, We're so all lined on this one. And this is this is that area for me, guys, that I'm like, people say, hey, do you want this or this, right? And I, do you like Alexander Madison? Do you like James Cook? Do you like DeAndre Swift? And I get to an area where I'm like, these guys are capital for me, right? Like I am using them. We talked about a lot with the quarterback position where I was using Trey Lance and I was using – uh, CJ Stroud and using those guys to upgrade into another position where I'm almost looking at, you know what, 
yeah, I'm going to try to move Cook. I'm going to try to move Madison Swift, even Antonio Gibson, those kind of guys. Just They're probably not going to start for me on most of my teams, so I'm just going to use them as capital. Um, John, I want to talk about – I'm going to make your keep trade cut a little bit more difficult here. We're going to go rookie running backs, Charbonnet, Tank Bigsby, and Tajay Spears. Oh, man, you're going to do this to me, huh? <laughs> I had to throw Spears in there. I was going to say yeah. Andre Miller just to make it fun, but yeah. no, yeah. I, okay, I got so. You haven't been on for a while, you know what I mean? I got to like, yeah. I got to come at you. All right, so we got Tajay Spears, Zach Charbonnet, and Take Bigsby. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, I think what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to trade Charbonnet. I'm starting with the trade each time because um, I, you know, I think that he's pretty valuable right now. By the way, he looks like an absolute beast in preseason. I can't wait to watch him in real NFL games. Um, so I'm trading Charbonnet um, because he's been one of my guys. I'm going to have to keep Tajay Spears, even though I recognize that right now he's just below Tank Bigsby in terms of market value. But I am a bigger believer. I think that Tajay has a bigger ceiling than Tank Bigsby, mm-hmm. where, you know, Bigsby's that grinder. He's going to kind of get his, you know, Tajay, I think, has uh, is really a better overall receiver, receiver better burst, um, better breakaway speed, better hands. Um, so I, I, I like Tajay. I always have. We, we kind of saw him hit the scene. And he was doing exactly what we said he'd be doing, like what I've been talking about all off season. We heard Waldman talking about him where he, he like hurdled a guy. And it's like he didn't even miss a step. Like it, he was running in air, hurdling this guy on the way to the end zone. So uh, I just kind of I think that he could get outscored by Bigsby in this season. But overall, I would keep um, Tajay and I have to cut old tank. Let's talk about Charbonnet. I don't think we talk about him enough on the podcast, but I'm seeing some trades on Sleeper, and it's sparking my interest about rebuilding teams. I saw Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, all three of those in individual trades for Zach Charbonnet in a 24 first. If you're on a rebuilding team, that is the perfect trade because you get that that first that's going to be there. And if Kenneth Walker goes down, Charbonnet is he's not going to you know he's going to be in a split area with Walker. But if Walker goes down, Charbonnet's value is Trouble. an instant first. You instantly get two firsts. If you offer me two firsts for Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, that's a smash. There are very few running backs. It. There's less than four or five running backs that I would pay two firsts for. So I think if you're mm-hmm. on a rebuilding team, Charbonnet is a nice little guy to go after. A lot of these running backs, Mung and I have talked about it, I would make a similar type deal if someone offered me you know, Tony Pollard for – Devin A chain in a first. If I'm rebuilding, yeah, I'm taking a shot on that. You know, that gives me two two clips in the chamber to kind of go after that. And I think that's something that we don't talk about enough is really just trying to move back because these rookie running backs, once they get their opportunities, are only going to increase in value. Um, can't wait, as we can't wait, there. baby. You know, we we're almost at that hour mark. Like we are literally right around the corner. I mean, we are two weeks away. We can't thank you guys enough for for listening, guys. Give me one guy. We always know we talk about this one guy under the radar that you guys are interested in that running back position that just isn't getting enough, enough hype. We'll start with you, Monk. Yeah, I've, I've talked about him before, um, but according to recent reports, uh, more and more Jordan Mason is getting the leg up over Tyrion Davis Price in uh, San Francisco depth chart. And a lot of that is due to TDP's lack of pass protection skills. And I know Elijah Mitchell's still there. I think he just came back healthy in practice and showed some burst. Um, but my issue is Eli Mitchell just hasn't been able to put, put together a stretch of healthy games. So I think even if McCaffrey were to miss time, I just don't have faith that Mitchell would hold up to much of a workload. I think Mason would mix in. And if and when both McCaffrey and Mitchell were to miss time, I think Mason would have weekly RB2 upside. Uh, John, you are up. I love it, Mung. Yeah, I, I'll give a couple out. I think for contenders, um, we we kind of touched on it earlier, but I do like James Conner, and I'll also add Raheem Mostert, who, as of mm-hmm. right now, as of this recording, is the running back one in Miami, and it's like no one cares. 
I know they're <laughs> going to work in a few guys, but I mean, wow, such good value um, that I've seen on Mostert. And then um, I've already kind of talked Tajay Spears up, but absolutely buying him still. I already talked about Kendrick Miller. So a new name that I'll throw back in there is Roshan Johnson. Man, is he looking good. He just has uh, a lot of the, the talent that um, you look for. He's kind of ahead of the game when it comes to pass blocking. Uh, he's he's probably, the, in fact, maybe even the best. I think he's kind of already start, starting to pass Deontay Foreman. We do like Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert's the starter there right now. But I think that Roshan Johnson could actually, with a bit more talent, end up passing him at some point if he gets the chance. He is my boy, uh, Texas Longhorns. Hook him. I, I really like Roshan Johnson as a nice buy low as well for kind of rebuild and, and punt type teams. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but guys that are contenders, go by Zeke. I saw two of my leagues. Oh. He went for a third round pick. You know, I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up sleeper catch and passes out there. I mean, like I play in center. Sexy, but this is a guy that over the years has been a rock solid RB one. If you can get him for a pair of thirds, and Ramondre Stevenson goes down, I mean, there's a scenario where I could see him have ten touchdowns this year. Like Zeke didn't look as washed as other people did last year. He had some some opportunities. I think he's still going to be a red zone guy. He's going to punch it in a little bit. So thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Did I really say bye?